celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Here is the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. We learned last week that Dr. Debbie, she deals with all kinds of animals in her Las Vegas practice. Ducks, she actually, they're pet ducks. People have pet ducks. And, you got uh, it. Do you deal with a lot of birds at all? You know what? In my office, we see a lot of different birds. So we see chickens. You know, we see the ducks. Um, a lot of people bring in wildlife, too. So, you know, that injured songbird, um, that pigeon that is unfortunately attacked by a cat, we kind of see all of those in addition to the pet parrots and all of those other critters as well. So uh, if you're a birder and you're listening right now and you like to go out watching birds, the binoculars, do you usually have your clothes on when you do this? That's my question. And Why someone... would you ask yeah. that? Uh, because we're yeah. having a nude birder on today. Judy, you're going to really have to explain this a little more. I assume it's exactly what it sounds it like. Is, it is self-explanatory. He goes out bird watching in the nude. And I guess this there's not really guidelines for this, so he's made up his own guidelines. And, and the first thing is is that you can't see a bird and then take your clothes off. You got to have your clothes off before you see the bird, or it doesn't count. So okay, does it scare the birds away? Yes. If you're, no, I don't uh, think so. I would be frightened. Yeah, you know, but but, <laughs> but but no, but he has he has like a spotter that is ahead of him in case there's people out there. I don't know if how they. I don't know if he does bird calls to him or if he or if he texts him and says, you know, someone's coming around the corner, put on a towel. And then of course you come around the corner and you see this guy standing there with a the towel. You probably wonder what's a yeah, little don't, strange. Don't birds like worms? Towel. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully he stays away towel. from grade schools and uh, parks and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's out in the wilderness, miles away from any civilization. So I don't the, know. He's he's got his own rules. He's going to have to tell us what the rules. And he's are. a guest on today's Animal Radio yes. Show. Yes. How did you find him? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, wow. Okay, Lori. So what are you working oh, you're on? Blushing. For the, what are you? <laughs> it's, it's weird. What are you working on for today's show, Lori? Uh, puppies and bunnies. No birds in this story about how they can make your marriage better. But you don't even have to have one in your home. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. That's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. It is also week five and our final week of our new pet product special featuring the latest goodies and gadgets for you and your pets. And we'll have giveaways just around the corner for you. Uh, Let's go to the phones right now for your calls. Hey, Randy. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hoping you guys can help me with uh, my cat problem. We are hoping so, too. All right. Let's go for it. What do you got going on there? We have a, I don't know what kind of tabby. She's just a white tabby type of cat. And we've had her for three and a half years now. And she's always been a great cat. We've never had problems with her. However, we got a puppy um, March of last year, a little mini pen, and brought her into the family. And Ever since she came into the family, our one particular cat, whose name is Tink, likes to pee on everything. Pees in the cat box, but sneaks in the garage and pees in the gym bag or the kid's Ooh, toy. fun. And it's only been since we got the puppy. She peed on the puppy? No, <laughs> not yet. Oh. <laughs> no, she oh, has. She wow, sneaks into the garage. She's never had it's... a problem with her peeing anywhere, but 
it's only in the garage and mine and my husband's gym bag. Or okay. if she can't get to the garage, because if we lock, the, it's the garage coming from our house into the garage. Um, or if she can't get to the garage, it's only at nighttime when no one's looking, she'll go in the kids' playroom and she'll pee in their tent. You have a dog, and do you have other cats as well? We do. We have two cats, and we have three dogs, and only the mini pen, the inside dog, who's inside all the time. And okay. it's only started since we got the mini pen. Okay. How many litter boxes do you have there in that house? We have two litter boxes, and they only seem to use the one, but we always keep two. Okay. Um, and as far as this kitty cat, anything else going on? Are we having any other kinds of aggression issues with the other kitties? Um, sometimes um, I can hear at night, sometimes him growling or her growling at our other cat. Um, but for the most part, I mean, no other aggression, um, nothing else. I mean, that was just the only thing. And it had, you know, if we, like I said, if we lock the door to prevent it at night, if we remember to lock the door to prevent him or her from going into the garage, when we go to bed, she won't pee on anything. It just, it just happens if we forget to lock the door and she happens to get out there. Okay. And she'll pee. And it's only in that gear bag. No matter where we move it in the garage, she'll find it. Okay. So the, the big causes for cats to urinate inappropriately are medical causes and behavioral causes. So my first crusade is always to make sure we're not missing anything medical. So I would, if you have not taken this kitty to a vet, have her checked out, get a urine sample, make sure all is well in her urinary world. Um, we can have crossover of behavioral with medical causes. So we really need to make sure we're not missing that aspect of things. But from there, there is a lot that we need to address for this kitty. And when we introduce a dog into a cat household or vice versa, you know, we always hope that they're going to get along. But that old phrase, they get along like cats and dogs, sometimes has some serious truth. And there are very big differences. It's kind of like, you know, some women can get along really well with other females and others, it's just like oil and water. So um, my fo- former college roommate. Uh, okay, won't go there. Um, so <laughs> let's just say that we need to work on making this kitty's environment more favorable for her. Now, dogs, things that cats don't like about dogs, they move fast, they make a lot of noise, and they disrupt a cat's peaceful world. So for cats that are having trouble in this situation, I recommend giving a lot of vertical escape to get away and to be superior to those dogs. Because cats, let's face it, they need to look down on dogs to say he me a little dog. So we want to give those vertical escapes. Those are cat trees, um, perches for windows, ways that we can find a peaceful zone. Um, the other things we need to do is work on this litter box situation because we usually want one more litter pan than we do the number of cats in a household. And that number can increase even if you have other things like two-floor houses. Um, if you have cats or dogs that go in or outside, we want to have them at different access points of the home. So a cat might avoid avoid going to the normal litter pan if they have to go through a doorway or an area where, say, there's noisy children or a dog that might come chasing after them or annoy them. So we want to make sure that we have alternate litter box sites and make those so that they're in a quiet zone or they're away from the path of other animals and people. And preferably, I hate the lids. Take the lids off the gosh darn litter boxes. Cats do not dig those. Um, Those are some of those basic things that we'll want to do. Now, for your dog, what we should do to kind of give your kitty cat a chance um, is to put a bell 
or some kind of uh, ringing uh, utensil on that doggy's collar. Give her a little heads up when that dog is coming around and give her the opportunity to seek out other avenues to get around the house or to get to the toilet if she needs to do that. Um, And there are some other things we can do pheromones to kind of help relax the kitties and do a natural calming. Um, But for me, I think it's all about really thinking about what cats like and don't like about dogs in their life and to recognize that they have special needs. It doesn't matter that the other cats get along with that dog does not matter. It's a very much an individual thing. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that helps me out all the, you know, all the little things that we've talked about and, uh-huh. Um, we've tried in, in the beginning, we put up a little border to separate um, the front room from the back room, which the cat is most of the time to keep them from each other. And um, sometimes, you know, Tink comes out and lays right next to the dog. So I really didn't think it was more of an issue. She'll kind of sit there and it's kind of like I could see her giving a dirty look. But <laughs> maybe try to keep her a little bit more separated from our cat and give her a little bit more of her space. I think that's a a swell idea, and give her that little bit of quiet time uh, free from the dog in her world. Um, Cats don't dig outings, but, you know, maybe a good cat spa day would be helpful. It always helps me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, she kind of of makes sense because she used to be out and about, and the only time she actually comes out of the bedroom now, she just lays in the bedroom all day, is at nighttime when our little dog is sleeping, and we put her in her box every night to sleep so she doesn't disturb the house. But that's mm-hmm. the only time she's actually out and about and wandering around the house now is at night when the dog's asleep, locked in a box where she can't go anywhere. Well, I hope these ideas work for you. And uh, if uh, if you need a follow-up, we do follow-ups. I believe we're the only radio show that does follow-ups. And well, that's good. And I, that would totally help. And um, I will talk to my husband. We'll get more boxes and put a little bell on our little penny and... Let the cats know that she's coming. And get, and get those vertical spaces. They love those. Uh, we put a bunch yeah, around I've, here. I've, we, had a, we had a tree or the post, but they never really seemed to use them. She tend to hide in the closet, my husband's closet up top, and that was the only way she would hide from anywhere. She never really used anything or under the huh. bed, um, which was really weird. We have lots of perches that she doesn't climb on. She hides under the bed or... Um, in my husband's closet. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know how it goes, okay? Okay, thank you so much for your help. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A man going through security at LAX was recently found to have monkeys in his pants. When Robert John Cusack arrived from Indonesia, airport inspectors found 50 orchids in his luggage after four rare birds flew out. They then asked him if he had anything else to tell them, and he reluctantly admitted that he did have some monkeys in his pants. A search revealed that 45-year-old Cusack was hiding a pair of endangered pygmy monkeys in the crotch area of his underpants. Cusack is awaiting trial while the monkeys, happy to be out, have joined the monkey community at the Los Angeles Zoo. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. The pit bull, the mighty pit bull, is so often... Uh, Such a bad reputation. Misunderstood, yeah. yes. I think that's the word it's I'm looking for. People. It's it is the people. Because they're actually very nice dogs. They are. And in a few minutes we're gonna be talking to Jeff Jenkins. He has a pit bull circus. He has a circus and it his his personal pit bulls actually perform in it. Really? So it's not just all pit bulls. No, but his personal pit bulls. And what he does besides his circus is he goes out to like the inner city kids, all these young teenage boys that have these dogs that try to fight them, you know, the competition and all that. And he works with them to teach their dogs, they're mainly pit bulls, tricks. So instead they can co- compete with other guys' dogs and with the training of who can do the best tricks and who can do more tricks and stuff. It gives them something to do besides dog fighting. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Okay, so we'll talk to him in just a few minutes. And we're just about 10 minutes away from a check in our newsroom uh, with Lori Brooks. What do you have coming up? Uh, Remember Frasier, the series, and the dog Eddie on there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, little Jack Uh, Russell. uh, Exactly. Apparently, everything uh, we knew about Eddie was a lie. Really? Um, Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, TV TV Guy did a great article and uh, since they're talking about rebooting Frasier and stuff. So I'll tell you the truth about Eddie and how he is in uh, real life and how he really was on that show behind the scenes. Maybe it was a she? No, no, it was a he. Okay, okay. It's interesting, though. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you today? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm in Georgia. Georgia. Are you a truck driver? No, just... Live in Georgia. <laughs> live in Georgia, okay. I got Dr. Debbie here. How can we help you? Well, Hi. I've got a, a, a great all-American dog. Looks to have some maybe some Rottweiler in him, so he's a pretty big dog. But the, My local vet told me to cut him back about 10 pounds, and we, we've been working on it. But cutting back his food has been a problem for him. He's tending to eat his poop, and my other dog's poop out in the yard now. And I'm wondering what I can ah. do about it. <laughs> Lovely, isn't that? That old wonderful uh, feces eating. It's just uh, such a thrill, especially when they come back with that on their breath. <laughs> yes. Oh. So have you had any success getting him to lose weight? Yeah, he. we got a few pounds off of him, but he's just, he just acts like he's starving all the time. Of course, every dog I know acts like that, but he's just Trick. now eating and starting to eat plants in the house. And Oh, no. Okay, well, let me ask you what strategy that you are currently doing uh, for weight loss. Are you using any special prescription-based food, or were you just cutting back on the calories that he's eating? 
mostly cutting back on the calories, but we have the last bag of dog food we bought, the um, kind of the weight loss uh, dog food, um, and then still cutting back a little bit. Okay. Well, here's the reality check for people that are trying to get their pets to lose weight. Now, if you just try restricting those calories by scaling back on the amount you're feeding, you're going to create a very hungry, frustrated dog. And that's what you got right now. The reason is that even those foods that you buy over the counter at the grocery store, at the pet store, that say weight loss or for weight loss, they're really not geared towards uh, longevity of weight loss. What you need to do is speak to your veterinarian about this and say, hey, help me out. My dog is eating things off the, the walls, the, the floors, the feces, what have you, and we need to get this baby on and actually a food that is designed for lower calories but also still keeps those other important nutrients up. The big problem is when we cut back calories in the effort to drop the weight, If we don't have them on this type of diet, they're getting less protein, they're getting less vitamins, less minerals, and we can create not only a hungry dog, but a pet that has a nutritional deficiency. So it is just so important. And I know a lot of people say, oh, we just cut back a little bit here and there and we get them to lose weight. It may work for some pets, but it really can create a problem for others. So I would say that would be my number one um, prescription for you is to see your veterinarian about a prescription weight loss diet. And there's a lot of good ones out there, um, and we want to get a gradual weight loss of really only maybe 1% body weight per week. So in a dog, your baby's size, you know, that might be not even quite a pound, half a pound to a pound a week. So we want to make sure that's gradual and that we're not making a frustrated pet because that's just no fun. And, you know, dogs that eat things inappropriately, there's a whole behavior of that. But if we're trying to lose weight, then we can actually be driving that. Um, And then we also want to make sure you're giving the baby some other outlets to chew, Um, increase the interactive nature. So, you know, lots of play time, lots of fetch time, a lot of those toys, the Kong stuffed toys, the busy buddy toys, those things that have a little food item that they're working for. It keeps their mind and their belly occupied. So I think that that would give you some some other directions that we can go for your dog to kind of keep them keep them occupied and not feeling like we're in the the uh, the Weight Watchers Club or the Ginny uh, Weight Club there and uh, and happy baby. So good luck with that, Daniel, and, and hope he uh, drops that weight and uh, isn't so unhappy about things there. Well, I'll definitely try that. Thanks, Daniel. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books. Inspired by true stories of klepto, kitties caught stealing from humans. Mac the mischievous tabby is back in Mac on a hot tin roof. But this time, there's little time for his usual shenanigans when Mac becomes the foster parent to an orphaned litter of adorable kittens. Filled with lots of catitude and love, Mac on a Hot Tin Roof by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. And thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. 
People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, what kind of uh, relationship do you have? Do you think it's a successful marriage? Because um, there are different things that can make your marriage successful. If it's not, or your relationship, you don't have to be married. But if you're thinking the keys are love, communication, trust, and, you know, having things in common and all that kind of stuff, you're right. But there's a new study from the University of Florida that says it could also take cute, cuddly puppies and bunnies to make you happier. That's right. Uh, This team of psychological scientists, they found that to break the familiarity breeds contempt syndrome or boredom that can develop after years and years, um, that couples can make better associations with their spouse if they have a, a positive stimulus like puppies and bunnies. They found, this is what they did in their experiment. They, they showed one group of couples images of their spouse together with positive words or instead of a positive word, a happy image of a puppy or a rabbit. And then the control group in this experiment saw their partner's face paired with what they termed neutral images, something like their partner's face with a button beside it or a shoestring or a box. You get the point. So after a few weeks, they found the couples who had been exposed to positive pictures had more positive associations with their partner. (laughs) Okay. That's why I carry a little kitten around (laughs) on my shoulder all the time, just to be more attractive to my partner. That's a good thing, Hal. You're so smart that way. Uh Uh-huh. There's a pet cemetery. Did you guys hear about this? It's actually a pet cemetery, but they also have a crematory. It's in Illinois. And they are accused of deceiving clients by giving them ashes that were not really from their deceased pets. It's so tragic. But police found three deceased animals at this location inside of an old freezer. And luckily... If there was anything good that happened here, one of the animals that was deceased had been microchipped. So they contacted the owner of that microchipped animal who was deceased, and they said, um, hey, you know, that can't be our cat because we received our cat's ashes years ago. And police had to then explain that, I'm sorry, but that couldn't have been your cat because we just found your cat at this facility. Uh, The owners had believed that their cat had been cremated four years ago. And in the end, investigators found the bodies of 28 cats or animals at Katie's Pet Cemetery and Crematory. The oldest case was one whose owners believed their pet had been cremated back in 2001. That's just um, unthinkable. But the only thing illegal in this whole case, police say, was misrepresenting ashes of an animal because uh, pet crematories in Illinois are not regulated at all. That's a crime. You know, I've always wondered, though, if the ashes I get back are really the ashes from my pet. Don't you? I mean, they say, but I mean, how would you even know? Yeah. And are there other pets in there, too? Is it just like a... 
Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of freaky to hear that story. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, but I know the feeling. I, I know that whenever I have taken animals um, and everyone that is uh, let go is is cremated for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do have a good feeling about the place that, that I take my animals to, uh, not very far from here, but, um, they have a, a good reputation. They always send somebody out to the car who, you know, to take the animal from the car back to an area that I probably don't want to see. And, um, they're always really paid, you know, I'm bawling my eyes out and they're really patient. So, um, but if you have a, a weird feeling, you know, just, Go with your gut and and ask friends for a place that, you know, is really reputable and that they've been happy with. Now, remember Eddie the dog on the TV series, Frasier? Yes, ma'am. Um, Eddie, if you don't know, like we all do because we were TV hounds back in the day, uh, Eddie was the Jack Russell played by a dog who was actually named Moose, and that began in 1993. But Moose had to retire before the final four seasons of Frasier, in which Eddie was then played by Moose's son. So uh, apparently we were misled here. There are things that the public didn't know about Eddie Hmm. because TV Guide uh, recently told the world after they did an interview with Frasier star Kelsey Grammer, they told everything. Grammer had confessed that Moose had gotten so old and so gray that the makeup department had to paint his faded markings back on darker. So you didn't see the gray, you know, it's like in TV, you know, nobody ever ages. So apparently it's the same for animals and actors and actresses. Um, they said he just got to sit on the couch and take it easy since, you know, he couldn't really perform and be that active anymore. However, the big revelation from the interview was that Eddie's owner on the show, who was Kelsey Grammer's father played by actor, John Mahoney, that he actually hated Eddie no. because he would bite Mahoney every time that he had to sit on his lap in the show. Hated him. <laughs> he was so glad to be done with the original Moose, apparently. Uh, I'm disillusioned now. I knew that uh, that Moose had changed. I saw it in the last few episodes. I, I was like, that's not the same dog. It was like the really. The, the, what, what did you do? You, do you remember what you noticed was different about him? He just looked younger. It, it, it was the same revelation that Darren from uh, Bewitched had suddenly <laughs> oh, changed. They were night and day, though. That, yeah. that wasn't even close. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. (laughs) Welcome back to Party Animal on Animal Radio, and thanks for having me, and thanks for joining me as always. I want to talk to you guys about a commercial, very popular commercial. It might be about saving money on your long distance, and it's a disgruntled couple, and they're talking about how uh, he doesn't want to be committed to a phone plan. Yeah, that's it. And she says, we've been married for 40 years, and he says, 38. And he said, and you know I like variety. And she goes, we've had 11 bulldogs all named Steve. And therein lies this week's party animal. 
Uh, I could see getting the seven, the same breed of dog over and over. Although 11 of them over a, a span of 38 years, is that possible to have gone through 11 bulldogs? And I mean, where are you feeding them? I, I want to write in to the producers of this commercial. Like, how are they going through the 11? 11 seems a bit much. Now, I'm not going to go off on a rant about the fact that they named the dog Steve, although I'm not a big fan of human names for dogs. That's an age-old rant, but I stand by it. Dogs don't deserve human names. But, and I know a family who had a beloved dog, and when they replaced it, they, they named it Sport. And the dog's name was Sport. And they named the second one Sport 2. And I, I could see the sequel. If you have a third one, just say, you know, call it Sport The Return. You know, I, I would understand that. But to just 11 Steves, I mean, that seems, that's insulting to Steve number one, Steve number two, very insulting to Steve number three, because, you know, the third one's a charm. And four through ten. I mean, couldn't you call him, you know, King Steve for one or Steve-O for the other one? Or Steve Arino for another. I, mean, I would love Steve Arino. I would love to go to a house that had a dog named Steve Arino. Any pen, party animal, animal radio. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Here's something interesting. What do you think that is? Believe it or not, that's actually a French bulldog begging to get up on the couch. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Didn't know they could make that sound, did you? Dogs surprise us every day. Everybody's talking about the video of the dogs driving. And we actually talked to that gentleman on the show. He's an amazing trainer. So today we're going to talk about his training technique. It's called clicker training. So what is it? Well, whenever your dog does something you want him to do, you use a clicker. It makes a short click sound, and it tells your dog exactly when they're doing something right. When you combine it with positive reinforcement like a treat or a good boy, it's a very powerful way to teach your dog to do a behavior. Researchers have long known that dogs create associations. So the more you pair up a desired action with a positive consequence, the stronger the association becomes. For instance, my dog has a rug in the kitchen, and that's where he gets lots of treats. I give him a lot of affection there, too. So whenever he sees me, he gets up and walks over and lays down on his rug. He makes an association with the rug that when he's there, most of the time he gets a treat, affection, or both. Brings us back to our bulldog who probably gets let up on the couch when he makes that sound. So now that we know about actions and consequences and how they create an association in your dog's mind, let's talk about what a clicker is effective in doing. The hardest, most difficult thing for you to do is to let your dog know what you want. The clicker speeds that up. You have to click at the exact moment the behavior you want happens. If your dog sits, you click. If your dog lays down, you click. If he gives you his paw, you click. It's like taking a picture of the exact behavior you want to reinforce. You actually click before you start giving the dog a command or a hand signal. The first couple of times, you just wait for your dog to sit, then you give him a quick click and a treat. When your dog gets clicked several times for sitting and starts to repeat the behavior knowing exactly what earns the click, you can start using a hand signal or the word sit. A clicker will help you be very clear in the behavior you want from your dog. Be patient and remember, good boy. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. 
Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Joey, your grooming questions. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, talking to other dogs as she does. It's a, it's a service we provide here at Animal Radio, uh, just in case... Well, your dog wants to talk to somebody, right? See, I can't sure. believe everybody's looking at me so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this healthy and really yummy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. We have on the phone with us Jeff Jenkins. He is the ringleader of the Midnight Circus. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I am good. What's the Midnight Circus? Uh, Midnight Circus is an intimate, contemporary, one-ring-tented circus that takes place in Chicago every year. And it brings together acrobats and two wonderful rescued pit bulls. Pit bulls? Pit bulls? Yes, indeed. What? And they actually perform? They do. They, they are the stars of the show. <laughs> I frankly. bet. No one wants to follow them. What kind of things do they do? You name it, they do it. They're pretty gosh darn talented. Uh, they jump rope, they do backflips, they do all kinds of co- comedy bits where they run in and out of the doghouse, opening and closing the door, jump through hoops, take my hat at all times, and generally steal the show. Mm. Well, you probably already know that uh, pit bulls are misunderstood animals, and when most people see pit bulls, they freak out. What happens in your circus? Well, first of all, it's, you know, it's very theatrical, it's very contemporary, so the folks tend not to, I mean, they, they're big fans, um, but, uh, you know, our, our pit bulls are the conduit to the community, really, as I always say in our show, because so many times people do have those preconceived notions about pit bulls, so when they come out and they see them in a different light, well-behaved and friendly, and they know their backstory coming from a very difficult rescue situation, it builds that bridge. Now, I understand that you take the funds from the uh, the shows, the circus, and you donate it to the park system and that you've raised close to a million bucks? We have. The whole idea started with us uh, over 11 years ago. We took our existing Midnight Circus company and decided we want to transform it to a much more community-oriented. So we partnered with Chicago Park District, Night Out in the Parks in the city of Chicago, work hand-in-hand with the communities, and each community benefits from the show. We've raised nearly a million dollars. And what do they do with this money? Uh, each park, uh, they do um, playground renovation and they do programming at their park. From what I hear, and I'm just now reading this, you're helping kids train their dogs to do fun things so that they won't train them to fight. Yeah, I ran actually a program for many years with the Humane Society of the United States, the End Dog Fighting Campaign, where I worked on the south and west side of Chicago's primarily uh, working with young men who were at risk or involved in dogfighting. The idea was to engage them in a positive way. And like you mentioned earlier, so many folks have just never seen you know, pit bull, generic term, you know, bully breed in a positive light in a lot of these communities. Uh, so through the circus and through the other work I do, we're able to shine that light on, on how great these dogs can be and then get folks involved in positive relationships with the dogs. So how can somebody see the circus? Well, you can check out MidnightCircus.net. we got all the times and dates. And then you can come out to a park across Chicago. We do eight parks over the course of eight weekends from the very south of Chicago all the way north and many stops in between. Are the dogs in your show, are they, I guess they're your dogs? 
They are. They are my beloved family. They're staring at me from the couch right now. What are their names? Uh, Junebug and Rosie Ray. Wow, Junebug. I, I have a ladybug, and I said if I ever got a second dog, it was going to be named Junebug. Would you recommend a, a pit bull if someone's adopting a dog? What kind of person would that uh, be that would adopt or need to adopt? You know, like some dogs are low maintenance or don't have high a lot energy. of activity. Yeah. Some have high activity and energy. Well, I always tell people that, you know, if you want to adopt a pit bull, you want to make sure not everyone on your block necessarily wanted to adopt a pit bull. So keep that in mind. You want to be a good neighbor. You want to be a good spokesperson for the breed. So I say if you're active, if you're engaged person, if you're an active dog owner and this is not a novice dog, then I said this, this can be the dog for you. But you've got to put in the time because they are very active dogs, a lot of drive. Do you really need to be a leader with this type of dog? Absolutely, and that's certainly what I found. And so many of the dogs that are in the shelters, the bully breeds, they've been through the ringer. So you're going to adopt a dog that might t- require a little bit more work up front than just your standard Labrador or Golden Retriever. And you've got to be willing to put in that time and be patient and firm and positive. Well, Jeff, I salute you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you. And thank you guys for what you do. Big fan. Check out his website, midnightcircus.net. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. I like to see that guy totally dedicated to the breed and help changing everybody's opinion of it. I, I love when, when men do that kind of stuff because it's, you know, what makes a guy so animal friendly? Not that guys aren't because we all know how, <laughs> but but just, you know... Kind of turns me on. He just has a soft spot for the misunderstood, the I, underdog. I, why do you think that? There's lots of guys that have soft spots for animals. Yeah, but the typical image is a guy that wants to be macho and gets a dog to be tough and makes him look big and bad. And he's got the big truck. That's the image. You don't think of a guy. It's hard to picture a guy with a kitten. I think we did a couple stories last week where they have done surveys and everything and that most pet owners are women or they're the ones who you know, buy all the food and everything else for. Is that for really true? The family. I, I understand they might buy the food, but I, I missed that study. You'll have to bring that study <laughs> back to me because as far as I have always believed, and now guys, you got to speak up. Call me, 1-866-405-8405. I mean, I think we're misrepresented there. I think we love our animals, lots of them. Well, it, we're not saying you don't love them. We're just saying that, that women are more nurturing. Exactly. Um, and like to have but but i do have to say i think you're right hal and that is changing with millennials see look at the phones they're ringing white hot right now (laughs) you're listening to animal radio find us at animalradio.com log on learn more here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Toyota Manufacturing of Kentucky, known for producing the Toyota Camry, has added America's most popular SUV to its production lineup with the first 2020 RAV4 hybrid rolling off the assembly line. By 2025, Toyota's global goal is to offer an electrified option of all Toyotas and Lexus models. Currently, Toyota sells more alternative powertrain vehicles than the rest of the industry combined. To find your new RAV4, check out our reviews at ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, 
Hal Abrams, and Judy Francis. If you have just tuned in, you've tuned in at the perfect hour. This hour, we're going to find out why this guy goes birding nude. He's a nude birder. He <laughs> likes to go uh, looking for birds undressed. It seems very bizarre. Uh, for the last hour, I've been just waiting to hear what his story is. and uh, We're going to find out. Yeah, I, I thought when you go birding, you want to be camouflaged. And I would think going nude, you, you wouldn't be so camouflaged. But he has I a reason, know. a method to his madness. I, I how, guess how, so. How did you find this guy? I just want to find out. Well, when you hear about it, you know, through the social media about a nude birder, you got to check it out. I, when I heard about him, I thought, no, this isn't real. I got to really talk to this guy. And, uh, and you got him on the phone and said, come on the show. He, he has no problem coming on the show? Nope. Nope. Not at all. My question is, will he be dressed when he comes on the show? I see that he's on Skype for this. <laughs> oh, and no. I want to make sure that. <laughs> the he, waist up. The waist up. Okay. Yes. Well, that's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, there's a lot of information out about, well, actually, what kind of information do they want from you? Um, when you go to buy your pet supplies and food and everything online, yeah. they're taking all of that information and putting it together and making kind of like a composite, a picture of you. And we'll tell you what they found. That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Marilyn, hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Nice to hear from you. Where are you today? San Luis Obispo, California. Really? This is our hometown. Are you listening on KVEC or XM? KVEC. Very good. We love our affiliates all around and, of course, a hometown station. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie is right here. Well, I have a almost 12-year-old dog. Her name is Zoe. She's Australian Shepherd. No, excuse me. Queensland Healer and Chow. And she has the body of a Queensland Healer, but the red hair of a Chow, but mm. no black very interesting sounding she must be a furry gal then well she's been losing hair i've been trying to give her flaxseed oil it helped before i don't know why but she goes through periods of hair loss Mm. but that Mm. wasn't the reason i was calling you okay Um, but that's that's another thing um zoe likes variety and her dog food. I always get her good food right now if she's uh, eating pedigree dog food. But occasionally, and she'll do this maybe several days in a row, um, then maybe not do it for two or three weeks. But she'll take the rug that she lays on and covers the dog food bowl with the food in it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... and this is the food that she's been eating. So is yeah. it something that you're switching the diet and she's covering up a, a recent change in the food? No, because she'll, I, you know, give her different varieties, but she'll be eating it and then all of a sudden she'll decide to cover it and she'll scoot her blanket over it and <laughs> cover it, push it under a table. Mm-hmm. But she definitely <laughs> covers it. And so I tell her no, because sometimes she knocks over the water bowl in the meantime. So I have no idea why she does that. And Mm -hmm. she's very smart. You know, she's never given other problems. Well, and I'm not really sure that this is a problem per se. I I think what Zoe's doing in this situation is very likely uh, just a natural instinct. Um, you know, dogs and cats, you know, they, 
in the wild, they want to actually make sure they get their own food, and they want to either save it for later or they're going to keep it away from any predators or competition that might be coming around. So burying their food or at least hiding it isn't an unnatural behavior. So um, she may very well just be just displaying that kind of instinct. So uh, call it a personality quirk or what have you. But um, now if she wasn't eating that food, then I often see dogs and cats both that will try to cover up um, a food if they don't particularly like the smell of it. And I can tell you firsthand, I see that in the hospital setting all the time when I have a nice prescription healthy food I want them to eat and they come up to it and they just look and sniff and those feet start covering the towels over the food. And that's a really a saying, a I don't really care for this very well. You know, this smells. I just don't want this. But I think in your situation, she's probably just trying to hoard that for later. Well, I know she never empties the whole bowl at one time. Ah. You can leave her food out all day. There you go. And so she'll eat a portion and keep the rest for later. But um, she seems to like it when she has flaxseed oil in it. And Mm -hmm. that had helped with her hair a while ago, so... Okay, so that's it. That's it, it, just silly. Pretty common behavior. I guess Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, does this, Judy? She takes out, if she has little chunks of food, she takes it out and she hides it around the living room in her blanket and stuff. And then I'll see her like an hour later, she'll go and she'll eat it. She's very busy working. Yeah. She, this yeah. is her job, really, oh, she buries it. forage you know, and bury. I'm afraid if I ever move, I'm going to find chunks of food all over the place that I don't know about. Well, Zoe does yeah. that, but she'll just leave it take some out and leave it right beside the bowl. I think she's really smart. She just gets the blanket and covers it. That's uh, We teach that one to Ladybug. It. Keeping it fresh. Well, thank you for calling and yes. listening today on KVEC, Marilyn. And let's go to line four. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hello, Hal and Judy. Nice Uh-oh. to talk to y'all. Hey, nice to Steve. talk to you. I'm your over-opinionated truck driver that calls in every once in a while. I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> I was calling to talk to Dr. Dr. Debbie? Dr. Debbie, Dr. that's Debbie. me. Yeah. We kinda got I kinda got it figured out, but I want to run it past you. Our Boston Terrier started having diarrhea this morning. Okay. And I'm not there I'm here in Virginia and she's over in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm kinda figuring it's gonna be with when the girlfriend washes the floor, uses this orange citrus stuff, and of course the dogs are gonna walk across it. But it's only affecting her that her the diarrhea is like yellow and milky almost is what my girlfriend said Hmm. okay but you have multiple dogs and she's the only one that's sick yeah our our uh our frenchton and our french bulldog aren't having that problem and this is a citrus an orange one of those citrus oil-based cleaners yeah yeah i'm not overly sold with the idea that that's particularly the cause. A lot of the uh, citrus-based cleaners do have lemon oils or citrus oils, which, you know, they can be irritating to the surface potentially um, of the like surface of their skin. But I really can't say that I've seen a pet develop a GI upset from that, just from traipsing through the area that's been treated with that. Um, right. Now, if a pet chewed up a bag or a bottle of it and got into an, an oral ingestion in that way, that might be a, maybe a different thing. So I might actually 
actually be looking for a potentially another cause for this yucky diarrhea. And there's no great science when we talk about colors of diarrhea, but when someone says yellow or milky, you know, I, I get a little curious and I'm looking for infection potentially in those situations. So, um, you know, I would certainly, you know, make sure that there's not been any kind of rapid diet change, uh, something that she's been offered off the table or a new no, they treat. Don't eat, they don't eat people food. There's only one type of treat that we give all of them. Um, mm-hmm. We did change the food, but that was about three weeks ago. And okay. But we did it gradually with their old food and their chicken and rice that we mix in with it. Good. And um, But she, she just noticed it because when she washed the floor the week before, it happened then also. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then she washed well, I mean- the floor again yesterday, and it's happened again today. Hmm. And I guess if it was a transient thing and it went away at that time, then, you know, maybe I would agree with you and make a link on that. It's just not a real typical type thing. But as always, I always kind of look towards the medical side of thing. And before I would ever blame any product for anything like that, I would make sure we get a stool sample checked over to your veterinarian. Um, Because sometimes it could be a a chronic parasite. It can be a type of a bacterial infection um, that can attribute that type of uh, problem, even if it is an intermittent one. So I'd want to make sure we look at that. And then I guess the other thing is, boy, she needs to come over and help me clean my floors. (laughs) I've got sores (laughs) in my knees from scrubbing my floors. It's horrible. Well, she thinks she does that there. And then our roommate has got three cats, so... And she tries to keep that room clean because of lady that uh, we're rooming with. She, she, she does a good job, but not really that good of a job. But, <laughs> no, I just hey, really now you're on the air the, now, so we have to you're be gonna uh, get in trouble there. Well, they don't, they don't listen to they don't listen to the XM in the house, so I don't have to worry about it. Ah, okay, okay. Well, Steve, we appreciate but, your call today. It, no, I, I appreciate y'all calling me back. You've been a little bit of a stranger, on. you know. No, I know it's just. You haven't had many opinions. I didn't have XM and all that, but I like calling in and talking to y'all. Okay, well, we, we hope to do it again. Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Ever wonder why cats purr? Well, a purr is just one of the many sounds a cat makes to communicate with other cats, humans, and anyone else who will listen. Sometimes purring is heard in a severely ill or anxious cat, but typically a purr is a sign of cat contentment. Kittens first begin purring as they nurse, and domesticated cats continue to purr when pet. Each cat has its own distinct purr, but just how they make that sound is pretty mysterious. One study says it's air passing through the diaphragm in spasms. Another says it's all in the voice box. But everybody agrees, cats love to purr, and we love it when they do. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, You make some difference on the planet. 
and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog Ladybug uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Can we get a fresh sweep here? The last sweep we have goes like this. This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that rough. <laughs> We've run it into the ground. We need something fresh. Oh, really? I didn't. I don't really spay <laughs> that. was pretty funny. Can you, uh, can you do something that's different? Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. And I, I'm I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll play. I'll roll over and play dead if you want, but do it. Who let the dogs out? It's Animal Radio. I didn't. I didn't leave the dogs. Didn't you didn't let them out. out. I didn't let them out. I love that song. Yeah. So uh, we're just around the corner from the uh, big birder. Or I don't know if he's big or not, but we're, we're going to talk to the birder who's a nude birder, and we've been waiting the entire show for this. It's uh, an intriguing story, I'm sure, so you want to stick around for that right around the corner. Uh, we're also going to go to the phones here in just a couple of seconds for your calls. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, I assume that, uh, Dr. Debbie, all your birders, when they come into the office, they're all fully dressed. <laughs> Yes, yes. That that is one requirement we have for our clients. Please come in fully clothed. <laughs> Can you think of any reason off the bat why this guy would uh, go birding nude? Maybe he's just like a naturalist, and he just likes ah. to be outdoors yeah. and enjoy the full experience outdoors. And I can kind of get that. that. I just, sure. I'm a little not sure why the birds enter into the nudity. Yeah. I, I do have to say, I, I did talk to him before the upcoming interview. And oh, you you actually pre-interview people? Yeah, yes, I actually do. And uh, <laughs> he he told me he's also going to be officiating at a nude wedding coming up, and it's going to oh. be it's going to be a hats only wedding. Uh, hats. So, so the bride can still wear her veil. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Because okay. you still have to have fashion if you're a nudist, right? Sure. sure. But that says I mean, because you lose all the clothing, you, know, you got to have fashion yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably just a nudist. Yeah. Just likes hanging free yes. like that. Okay. Well, Commander. he's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Stick around for that. Like you're going to go anywhere now anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for accepting my call. Well, of course. I have Dr. Debbie here. She can help you with any of your problems there. Debbie, I've got a... She's a half-breed uh, golden retriever and fox terrier, and uh, she's almost a year old. And I've had her checked out for worms. She's up current on her shot. But it seems like every time after she eats, she throws up. She's not mm-hmm. digesting her food. Is it the food that's wrong, or what can you tell me? Okay. And I'm sorry, how old was she again? I didn't catch up. Okay, she's almost a year old. Well, in the first thing with puppies or young dogs that we look at is, is definitely going to be parasites. Um, so that's always one of the first things that we look at. So checking a stool sample and then doing a good round of deworming is always indicated. 
if okay, that's I been gave done, her a warming deal. Okay. Uh, and um, I would also just make sure that you do have an actual parasite test done because a lot of times we can deworm and not really get everything that's truly going on because there are different dewormers okay. and I, especially out in my area here, a lot of people think we don't actually have certain types of worms so they don't do these things and you can actually have other types of parasites, microscopic ones other than little worm critter type things. So definitely make sure you follow through with that. Now the other thing would be food wise is if, if a puppy particularly is eating very fast, um, a lot of times yeah. they may vomit afterwards. So one strategy that I might suggest um, would be to slow down the process of eating. And we could do this by doing a lot of different things. You can actually put a smaller bowl and an invert it inside your dog's bowl so that they kind of have to slow down and kind of work around the uh, barrier, if you will, so that we don't gulp as much air and inhale that food too quick. Um, that's one thing. And then also feeding smaller, more frequent meals can kind of help with that. But if it's the particular food that we determine that, you know, maybe is a cause of that, we may look at doing a food change to something different. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm feeding her kibbles and bits. Uh, and that's what the other dogs eat that I've got, and it doesn't bother them. Uh, is kibbles and bits a good thing for her? Well, you know, I can't say it's good or bad. Um, I'd say, that, like I said, the first step would be check her for worms. That would be very important. The second thing would be slow down her eating. And then I would talk about, well, maybe we need to change the food. And one, di- one brand of a diet could be perfectly good for one pet, but could not settle well with another. And it's really just a matter of individual uh, systems. You know, just like some people can't eat uh, milk or cheese because they'll be visiting the restroom every 10 minutes. <laughs> so for pets, we can have the same type of thing where they have what we call a food intolerance, where their system just doesn't thrive on certain components in the food. And it's nothing to say bad about kibbles and bits, but that just not might be the best choice for, for your baby. Then the other thing we can kind of experiment with is different consistencies of food. So we can go from dry to canned food and seeing one might settle better with the other. Um, but with a young baby like that, I really look at, um, you know, just an over-eager eater and that perhaps we're just uh, inhaling that food faster than we can actually think about it. You said you were giving her or you gave her a pill for warming. Is that something you just uh, got at the store? Or was that something your veterinarian prescribed? I got it from a Perina store. Okay. Yeah, and and that too. I mean, it sounds like you've got good intentions, uh, but it is very important with deworming that we make a sensible approach to this. So we want to do the right deworming at the right schedule. And uh, especially, you know, a lot of dogs will deworm when they're pups every two weeks to every four weeks. So just giving them the one dose may not necessarily take care of any kind of issues that could be uh, lingering there. So, yeah, I think that's what how you were probably getting at there. <laughs> and you know what? I also yeah. think that Dr. Debbie, she's, she's very nice. She's very politically correct, but I'm not. And kibbles and bits ain't the food for any dog. <laughs> So, but uh, we appreciate your call. I hope things uh, go well. Let us know how if if you need a follow up. We're here. Okay. Thank you, Will. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Morgan reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets. 
Everyone's favorite matchmaking klepto kitty, MacGyver, is back in Mac on a Hot Tin Roof. And this time, he's thieving his way through the greatest adventure of all, parenting. When Mac finds a litter of orphan kittens, the mischievous Tabby has no choice but to put his life of crime on pause. Because the tables have turned, and now Mac is the one to have something stolen. His heart. Mac on a Hot Tin Roof by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold. For more info, visit kensingtonbooks.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. With the pet industry growing so explosively fast these days, any information that can be gained from your purchases for your pets is going to be extrapolated every which way possible for those companies which profit from your spending habits. Search data pulled by Hitwise from major pet supply websites in, I think they did it in the month of June, shows the majority of both cat and dog owners And Hal, I'm doing this story because, you know, we talked to Jeff Jenkins last hour and you wanted proof. Yes. So Hitwise gave it to us. They found out that at least those doing the buying for their pets, that most of them are women and that the women who own dogs make nearly twice as much as those who own cats. So the majority of the pet owners they have found are women. (laughs) What, ladies? Judy, I saw you run over to the microphone to laugh, and I'm so glad you did, because we were right. Yes, Princeton in the pudding. In uh, the pets and animals industry, Hitwise says that Chewy.com and PetSmart pull in more than 10% of pet industry website visits. It's those, you know, websites that are strictly all about pets and pet products. But they also analyze the data from a lot of us that are online pet supply shoppers, and they say that we start off on Chewy.com and then head over to Amazon to, you know, compare prices, make sure we're getting the best deal, and that most of us end up buying on Amazon instead. I was a diehard Chewy fan, and I know you guys probably were too, but since they've been purchased by PetSmart, I think things are running a little differently. I, I've gotten several email notices saying that they're no longer carrying this brand or that yeah, brand. Yeah, it's really changed. He's sold out. Yeah, I go to and Amazon. They, they said they weren't going to change, and, and I think they have. Well, roadkill is just uh, not a good or a funny subject. But this incident is so bizarre, I had to tell you about it. Uh, you can only imagine or try to imagine the bizarre calls that authorities get, law enforcement, like one in California where the highway patrol recently had to respond to a report of a dead kangaroo on Interstate 580 near the Oakland Zoo. The CHP then later tweeted, reports of a kangaroo on I-580 were false. (laughs) Said marsupial was actually an enormous raccoon. If you can believe that. That's a big raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The officer who removed the animal from the roadway said he had never in his lifetime seen a raccoon that big. So, um... 
we've talked a lot about how many exotic animals there are in sanctuaries now because of misinformed or uncaring humans who buy them as babies, not knowing the full story and what it's going to take. Uh, but the huge population of captive tigers has gained a pretty surprising new champion in Tinder. After management at the dating app noticed, you know, hey, we've got a large number of profile pictures on our site that feature men posing with captive tigers like they thought it was this macho thing. Uh-huh. Yep. A little background here. Yep. There are only about 3,200 tigers that are left in the wild now. On the flip side of that, it's estimated that there are as many as 10,000 in captivity in the U.S. alone. And many of those are ending up in sanctuaries because they become dangerous. It's, It's hard to take care of them. So Tinder executives do not like all of the tiger exploitation that's going on. And they recently posted on their blog that, quote, posing next to a king of the jungle does not make you one. They said it's time for the tiger selfies to go. And they urged users to remove those tiger selfies, saying that it would donate $10,000 to Project Cat, which hopes to double the number of tigers in the wild by the year 2022. Mm. 2022. Men, take your picture with a kitten. The women exactly. love that more. I, you know, it's like these guys with these big trucks. The only thing that the people that look at it are other guys. You know, <laughs> it's not a turn on for women. And big tires, it's not the turn on. You know, big tigers and tires. No, no, get the kitten. I agree. Kitten. In a Maybe. Honda. Little Honda car. Smart car. Smart car. There you go. Smart car with a guy with a kitten. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That would be heaven. <laughs> okay, time to go. Judy's out of control. Uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Uh, This is the portion of the show that we've been waiting for the last two hours. We're talking with Olaf Danielson on Skype. Hi, Olaf. How are you doing? Pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, you're dressed. I'm glad to see that. We, we yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, you oh, they we just see a shirt. Who knows from the waist down? <laughs> yes. We uh, we understand that you like to go birding, and we understand that you like to do it in the buff, nude, nude birding. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Now, why is that? Well, you know, I can get into the philosophical reasons, but the practicality of it all was sort of a an odd. Uh, not really a bet, but a an encouragement from my publisher one day when I was sitting in her office and she asked me uh, what I thought of this figure movie that was out about uh, five years ago. And I said, well, that's all fine and dandy, but could he see 749 species naked? And <laughs> then 
She sort of uh, wrote out a, 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 a draft uh, contract for a book project that sort of slid my way. And I looked at her confused and says, I want you to go do a, uh, a book on this and, and spend the next year seeing how many species of birds you can get while you're naked. Things people do for their publicist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure I should have said yes to that. But it was fun and interesting. And I met a lot of interesting people and had some interesting adventures along the way. And that's what life is about. I bet. And we'll find out in just a couple of seconds about that. But I got to think, you know, for me, I wouldn't want to do I just don't want to be in nature naked because, I, frankly, it birds love worms, right? And <laughs> I, I'm just a little afraid. Didn't you have any concern about that at all? Well, not that particularly. There were some other more pressing concerns, uh, mostly bugs. Uh, cold came to mind. Sure. Uh, the uh, authorities, such as the police, of course, might be <laughs> uh, a bit of an issue. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of just, you know, didn't really worry about what my mother thought or my wife thought. But, uh, you know, there's, all, there's a lot of different things you have to worry about. Uh, you know, I didn't really look at any, you know, none of the birds actually came that close, thankfully. But what about, you know, you said you didn't care about your mother, you know, but what about other people? Aren't there other people out and about? Well, A, it's sort of uh, interesting of what uh, tolerance people have, especially West Coast. Now, I would say (laughs) it's a different set of people in certain other parts of America. But they're a little more tolerant to finding, you know, the the odd chance encounter of a naked guy on on a trail in the National Forest. But, uh, you know, I sort of decided that, you know, when I first started this, I said, well, there's a lot of places in America that people go naked at. And I started with there and then sort of, you know, to get a better birding total, I had to kind of get out of the uh, the uh, naturalist clubs and sort of get to um, more interesting venues, which did involve some some risk for me uh, in getting in trouble. But uh, it, it all worked out, and I didn't get arrested despite a couple of uh, encounters that might have, and I didn't get eaten by anything. I did get chased <laughs> by a bear on July 4th uh, in 2013. Uh, actually, into, strangely enough, a Hindu wedding photography uh, outing. They were taking wedding pictures for a Hindu wedding uh, when uh, this bear was hot on my, my tail, which was actually good because then, as all the people yelled, bear, bear, uh, the bear <laughs> sort of stopped and I kind of snuck around in my car, which when I came there, there was nobody at the, uh, the parking spot in Yellowstone, but <laughs> a lot of things did happen. Did you do this alone? Uh, sometimes a lot of the places I went to would require, uh, spousal, uh, participation, especially in some of the, the, uh, uh, uh clothing optional clubs. That I that I went to. Uh, sometimes I would bring my friend, a uh, friend of mine, with who's another birder. Sometimes he would take off his duds too. Sometimes he would trail back on the trail. It was sort of my, uh, you know, if somebody came bouncing up the trail behind me, he would start going into a coughing fit or start talking to him, and would give me some time to uh, uh, whip out a uh, a uh, uh, kind of a sorry Pareo wrap that I carried in my uh, uh, my. Uh, little water pouch that I had with so I could pull out and get some decency so to speak and not get into trouble yeah because that's that looks normal walking a guy <laughs> walking around with a sorry naked but a sorry in the woods. yeah <laughs> I kind of got some funny looks especially in Florida once from that I would admit we are with Olaf Danielson he's an author I'll tell you a little bit about his book and we'll get some stories and he has official rules for birding that's all up next right here on animal radio stick around 
Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Hyundai has introduced the latest addition to its US SUV family, the Hyundai Venue, at an exclusive media event which I attended in Miami. The 2020 Hyundai Venue brings style, functionality, and fun to the entry-level SUV. It features a 1.6-liter dual-port injection four-cylinder engine coupled with an intelligent variable transmission, IVT, and comes with an abundance of standard safety features. To find your new venue, see our video review at ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We are with Nude Birdist, or I guess Nudist Birder, Olaf Danielson. And to celebrate, we're actually all doing the show today in the buff, except for a precariously placed animal radio bumper sticker. So uh, welcome back, Olaf. Tell us, uh, uh, there are rules to your birding, your nude birding. Is that correct? And where did these rules come from? Well, you know, there's not really an organization of nude birding. So, you know, like anything else, when you're the, sort of the first guy to sort of get it organized, sort of get it kind of you know, uncovered, so to speak, uh, you had, I had to kind of set up some rules. Otherwise, uh, you know, it would get out of hand. And my rules sort of became one day when strangely enough, I, I pulled up my scooter, uh, on a, on a road closure where there was a big traffic light and there was like a 10 minute wait to this convertible finding two naked ladies sitting in the convertible saying, well, a girl has to get some sun. It's a long, a long drive from Seattle to New York. And I said to myself, you could sneak around all over the place in a convertible and be naked uh, and see birds. So that would sort of be against the spirit of the whole project. So I had to make some rules. Okay. Sort of, what are the rules? Well, yeah, I, you, had, you couldn't be in a, in a vehicle. Okay, got that. Vehicle. That's so one. You, you had to be, you know, one step away from the car and have the door closed. You could also couldn't just drop your duds in the trail. You had to kind of start on the trail at the most opportune place. Now, maybe the most opportune place was 100 yards around the corner, but from that point on, you couldn't wear anything. You know, if you got course, if you got caught up the trail or you were suspicious that you're about to get caught, of course, you would cover yourself up. And from that point on, you couldn't count any birds. You had would have to go back to where you started, which happened to me a couple of times. So. I mean, I was trying to make it tough but fair. What about footwear or hats? Yeah, footwear and hats, uh, I think, are were uh, need, uh, needed. So I kind of had the knees-to-neck kind of uh, uncovered uh, sort of thing because some places it got hot, needed a hat, and, of course, footwear was always needed. Could you do this any, in any state, anywhere? Yes, I, I took my uh, year. I saw uh, 594 species of birds during this adventure. Uh, I took it from uh, North America and then uh, the Caribbean islands north of 15 degrees, which was a sort of an arbitrary point. And I excluded Cuba because, you know, being an American, can't really travel effectively to Cuba. I'm not sure I'd want to anyways. But I wasn't quite sure how this would work if I didn't include a couple of Caribbean islands where they have nude beaches. Although in reality, I could have done just fine without them. Uh, You could count every bird except like chickens? Well, you have to have, you know, accountable species. Now, the, the birding uh, authorities have sort of said the bird has to be free-ranging, can't be in a zoo, 
It has to be a self-sustaining population. So obviously chickens are not self-sustaining. And some, you know, some other minor issues in terms of if you can count the species. There's a well-documented list of bird species out there for most birders that we all sort of follow. Is there, um, being as, you know, you're nude, are you, are you less likely to disturb the birds? Or is there a, a kind of bird that prefers you nude birders? I, 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 one would say that it shouldn't make much difference, but it did seem to me, anecdotally, of course, that in some places the birds accepted me sometimes. It seems like I could get closer to them when I wasn't wearing anything, but that could just be my perspective. I don't know. Any wild stories that come to mind? Well, I, I got shot at in South Texas, <laughs> wandered onto a uh, guy, and my buddy goes to me, he goes, uh, he must not like you with no clothes on. And I looked at this guy, or made a mistake, and I looked at him, and he was about 200 yards away looking dead at me with his gun in the ready position, and I wasn't quite sure what it was about, but it might have had more to do with we might have stumbled on a, uh, a growing operation in the backcountry. Uh-huh. I wasn't quite sure, but we turned around and spent the rest of the day hiding in the mesquite until dark when we met each other on the road. But uh, I was worried that this guy was going to come and chase us down. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of scary. One of my uh, many weird exploits that happened. Sometimes when you take chances, you end up having odd things happen to you. Damn straight. <laughs> Would you recommend nude birding? It's interesting. You know, it sort of make, makes you feel one with nature. I mean, it's something you can easily start in your backyard, I guess, depending on where you live. Uh, I, I sort of have, have got a bit of a following uh, of some people who will email me uh, uh, their, their bird list that they had seen, you know, clothing optional. And it's kind of interesting that there's some people out there doing this now. But it's, it's interesting. No, I, I'm not exactly, you know, a lot of the places I did go, bringing a binoculars or a camera was always suspicious. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. It's just... <laughs> Uh, you have a book, and before I say the title of the book, confirm that these are all birds in the title. <laughs> is that correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, the book is called Boobies, Peckers, and Tits. All birds, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Get your mind out of the gutter there. What, what's the book about? It's about my, I spent a year, as I said, uh, uh, 19, uh, 19, uh, 2013, seeing how many species of birds I could see while I was naked. It's a bit of a sociology study on, on a lot of the places I visited as well as my uh, my uh, birding exploits. Uh, a lot of weird things happened to me during that course of year, and I decided that, you know, as my publisher would recommend it, I, I, I kind of kept track of all these stories and made it into a book. And is there a website? Yeah, Adventures with Olaf, which is bigyear2016.com. I actually did a, a straight big year last year, setting the, the national record with clothes on. Uh, <laughs> just because, you know, I, I felt like I left something on the table, so to speak. Uh, we will put links to everything over at the website uh, that Olaf's mentioned. Olaf Danielson joining us. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. So no to problem. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go check out Olaf's website right now. <laughs> uh, remember, if you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet. Have yourself a great week and download the Animal Radio app right now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.